the D Las Vegas Resort Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseyone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, uh, NHL hockey fans, specifically tonight as the NHL Stanley Cup final got underway. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel. Resort and Casino. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Uh, where we're getting a little cloud cover finally, maybe a little rain in the future. And my co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California. Rob, how are you? I am well, Scott. I am well, thank you very much. I uh, had a nice weekend. Uh, did a little coaching of baseball. Got away <laughs> from the uh, game of hockey a little bit. And, uh, you know, got myself recharged for the Stanley Cup game. Did I see pictures of you on social media wandering around a golf course with that bad shoulder of yours? Well, well, well. First, of, first of all, it was it was my buddy's birthday, and there's about eight of us that uh, play, <laughs> or nine of us now that play golf, uh, and we all go somewhere for their birthdays. Uh, but all I did was I was just a spectator. I was riding around by myself <laughs> in a golf cart, uh, golf cart, uh, just watching everybody. And you know, I'm at the point where I can start putting a little bit. Uh, today I did a little bit too much. I actually uh, hit some ground balls and fly ball fungos to my uh, baseball team. Uh, but that's uh, – I will tell my PT guy on Wednesday, so he'll work it out. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I should have brought my partner, though. Yes, you did see social media pictures of my uh, trip to the Palm Springs uh, before my son, son who pitched for the Power. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Got a little – Got a little baseball action in, a little golf action, a little birthday, a little son playing baseball. You got a little bit of everything in, so that's the way to do it on a weekend. And then tonight hockey. Yeah, and tonight hockey. Can't beat it. <laughs> okay, let's jump right in right there. Game one just completed. We uh, started the show a little late for that. I, I tried to get some guests on, and everybody was going like, yeah, not not while the game's on. We're all watching the game. <laughs> so, so that's a challenge uh, when everybody wants to see what's going on, but... Um, it just concluded 5-1 in favor of Tampa Bay. I'm going to start with you, uh, your opinion on what you saw tonight and uh, what has to happen for Montreal to uh, get one in this series. I think the game kind of went along with everybody thought going into the playoffs if those two teams matched up, not the way those two teams have been playing going into this game. Uh, it looked like they, they were feeling each other out in the beginning part of the game. Uh, but this was the first time, and I think I texted this to you and Paul, uh, that Montreal did not take a lead. And I think that Montreal had a hard time recovering from that. So, so let me ask you this, cause, cause I followed the, uh, the Montreal, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, as you know, rather closely. I know you did as well. Um, but was there a little bit of a letdown from Montreal? Was that such a big win for them? Cause they, that was emotional for them to to beat Vegas and, and advance to the Stanley Cup final. Is there a little bit of letdown in there? And then they had the uh, the, the kind of nervousness of uh, Armia being out with uh, the COVID positive test, and I know he got back there. Um, but but you think there's a little bit of letdown and a little bit uh, I don't know maybe um, confusion uh, within the organization before a start of a game like this on the road. I don't know. I just I just think that Tampa really showed up more than uh, most people expected tonight. They they really kept it going, and uh, it just shows you it's never a bad shot, never a bad thing to throw it at the net. 
Uh, Kucherov throws one at the net, gets deflected uh, by Chariot right to uh, Palat, and he bats it out of the air. Uh, I just think that Tampa was a little bit more on their game and a little bit more ready to uh, play this game tonight. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on that part of it, too. And and clearly, when you look at Tampa, though, I mean, that depth, that experience, they've been there before, they're defending champs. Um, it, it, it clearly, I think, is is a little bit more than uh, what Montreal has uh, on the play. Not to say that Montreal can't win this thing, but um, goodness gracious. I mean, you look down that lineup of Tampa Bay, and it's just uh, one experienced uh, hockey player and one talented hockey player after another. It absolutely is. And it Mont- the difference between the, the night series for Montreal and this is that Tampa Bay imposed their will on Montreal. The Knights, after game one, never really imposed their will on Montreal. And I think if Tampa Bay continues the way they played tonight, there's no way they lose this game. And I think that Vasilevsky outplayed Price. I, I don't think Price gave up goals that he normally would have given up. And I think that Vasilevsky was just so on his game. Uh, the only goal that beat him was. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Uh, so let me ask you this. The play was physical. Uh, you saw in the in the start of the game, it was, like you said, kind of a feeling out process where they were checking to see. But then it got to be rugged, tough, a little bit of extracurricular. Um, can Montreal continue to play that way and be successful? Because we know uh, Tampa Bay can. Well, here's the catch-22. They can't skate with them. They, they don't want to go. They don't want to make it attract me. They need to make it more of a defensive battle. But when you make it a defensive battle, you, it becomes a checking and hitting battle. And I think that Tampa is too healthy and too strong. Uh, Montreal's battle. The, the picture of Gallagher that I saw on social media after he got smashed onto the ice just signified that game uh, for the Canadians tonight. They were beat, beaten. They were battered. They were bruised, and they were bloodied. Okay, so. The- all facts. Now, how do they pick themselves up uh, after a day off and get ready for a Wednesday night game uh, back in Tampa again um, to try to, to try to get uh, a foot up, a leg up, a skate up, whatever it may be, to uh, to try to at least get a split on the road? They're going to need to uh, score first. They're going to need to dominate the early part of the game, take the play to Tampa. Uh, their, their speed guys, uh, I didn't hear Caulfield's name mentioned much tonight. Uh, Suzuki, maybe twice, uh, correct me if I mean, if you've heard it more, uh, I didn't hear these names that, that you were hearing the whole, uh, series against the Knights. I didn't hear them tonight. So, uh, and the one thing that the night, uh, the Canadian should have been used to, I think Chernak scored the first goal for the, uh, lightning tonight. Another defenseman scoring. But the difference is their forwards picked up the pace, whereas the Knights didn't. Uh, they're just – you said it earlier. They're, they're bigger. They're stronger. They're talented. It's going to be a real battle for this series to go more than five games, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. And the other thing I thought was interesting, a little bit of gamesmanship from John Cooper uh, when they had the five-on-three late in the game with like three minutes to go. And he, he sent five forwards out there to say, hey, you know what? Do you want to try to take liberties with our players? What we're going to do is put the puck in the back of the net on you, and we're so confident we can do it. We didn't even have to put a defenseman on the ice. Isn't that almost what uh, Colorado did to the Knights when they had their <laughs> nine-minute power play? You know, when, yeah. when, when, te- when teams get chippy late when they're losing, the other team is not going to sit back and go, okay, we'll just sit behind our net and we'll kill off the power play. No, they're going to stick it to you. And they're going to try to bury you in game one to make you realize you can't take penalties. That's the other thing. You can't take penalties. That's, and I keep going back and forth between the Knights series and this series because of the fact that the Knights couldn't pow- score on the power play. Tampa Bay is a different team. All season long, they've been pretty consistent on the power play. Montreal's penalty kill has been great in the playoffs, but they haven't met the Tampa power play until tonight. And I, I don't know what the final tally was. It two for uh, five or something like that on the power play? You know what? I don't have it in front of me, but I think that sounds pretty close. Okay, so uh, leading up to the series, Rob, uh, two really good semifinals. And as odd as it was to see uh, a Western team playing an Eastern team uh, in the semifinals, uh, just looked odd. 
Uh, it's part of the pandemic uh, playoff, I guess, with uh, Montreal and Vegas taking it. But let's start right there, and, and let's just talk about how Montreal got there. Um, as you said a couple different times, it was that that line of Toffoli and uh, and uh, Suzuki and Caulfield that you didn't hear much tonight of, but they were the line that dominated play and carried the play for the Canadians to get to where they are right now. They were the the th- three stars of almost every game that they won, except for Carey Price. Uh, I mean, Weber's been great, Sherry, it's been great, but that line has been carrying that team. And tonight you didn't hear from You didn't hear from it much at all. Uh, I think there was one segment in the beginning of the first where uh, they both shot over the net. Uh, actually, I think uh, Vasilevsky got a piece of one of them. But outside of that, I don't remember hearing their names, and, and they've got to be a factor. The other factor is is, is uh, the fact that Montreal did not trail against the Winnipeg Jets, against Toronto pretty much, except for game one, I think, of the Toronto series, against the Knights, except for the Knights game one. So that that's the biggest thing that the Canadians have to do. They're a much different team when they're able to get an early lead then play some lockdown defense. They get good key saves for, at key moments of the game from Carey Price. And they win 2-1 games, 3-2 games. They're not going to win 6-5 games too often. Boy, did you hit the nail on the head on that one. That uh, Once they score, and if they should get a two-goal lead on you, they just lock down. I mean, that uh, the last game that was played, game five at T-Mobile, um, they got a lead. Uh, third period, they didn't even touch the neutral zone, it looked like. They just retreated to their blue line, and they just stopped everything right there. They weren't going to take any chances in transition. They weren't going to take any chances in getting beat. Um, They just played lockdown defense. And the same thing you were saying about the power play for the Golden Knights. Um, That's something that's going to be an issue, and it's going to be talked about and discussed uh, for a long time in Vegas, at least up until the uh, start of this next season, because they, they didn't adjust. They didn't make any changes to, uh, to figure out how it worked. And, and I was talking to some Vegas writers uh, the other day, and they were t- saying the same thing. I said, hey, this is nothing new. This isn't something that happened uh, just in the playoffs. This is something that happened all year long. Well, the, the biggest thing is they're, they're a very much a cross-ice team. They like to move the puck uh, angrily and across the ice quickly. And Montreal was stepping in the zones. They weren't able to do that against Tampa tonight as well. Uh, because Tampa is a very similar power play to the Golden Knights. And it's just a matter of execution. Tampa's forwards are executing. Golden Knights forwards didn't. Golden Knights forwards pretty much didn't show up for that series, except for game one. And uh, tonight, you just saw early. I mean, Stamkos was was up in people's faces early. I think he made a big hit early. Uh, Kucherov was even throwing his body around. I mean, Maroon, they're, you know, they're all, they were all playing physical. And that's, they're going to just lean on Montreal for four, five, six games, however long the series goes. Mon, uh, Montreal's going to get leaned on. And if, if tonight's any indication, it's going to be a long, bloody. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so let's go to the eastern side of things. Tampa Bay got there by uh, taking out the New York Islanders. And uh, that series was a battle to the bitter end. Um, what did you see in that series? And, and what did Tampa do? to get past the Islanders in your estimation. That was a great goaltending battle. Uh, that was a great series, seven games, like uh, one nothing final. Uh, it's kind of strange that uh, now the Islanders and Rangers are both lost to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in a game seven of an Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so it's just kind of bizarre. So hold on a minute. So hold on a minute. So you're telling me at Tampa Bay – uh, pissed off you and my co-host on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein. He, they got you both, right? Uh, yes, they, they, they did. They, they did. Uh, but, but Ryan McDonough was a ranger when that happened. Ryan McDonough was, is a lightning now. So I'm kind of happy it happened to the Islanders. I wasn't so happy when it happened to the Rangers. Uh, but, but the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're, they're a talented team, obviously winning the cup last year. And the Islanders are a, t- a team that uh, relies heavily on, on defense and, and positioning. And Tampa just got him out of position one too many times. And that was the difference in the series. It was a shorthanded goal, too. So you just know that every facet of the game, you've got to be locked down in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's a fact. And the talent that I saw, and, and I think the coaching of Barry Trotz 
was impressive. And even in the fact that they lost the series to, uh, to manage games and stay close with a team like Tampa Bay. Cause what we saw just now with the, the Montreal, uh, and Tampa Bay game to start the Stanley cup final, um, that the Islanders are similar, I think to Montreal, but they, they have more depth. Is that fair? I think so. I think so. It, it all starts from the goaltender out and then goes to the defense. And the Islanders had really solid defense. And they, they what's, what hurt the Islanders is they just didn't get enough potential productivity from their forwards. Did we, have we heard this before from another team, maybe out West, that <laughs> yes, their forwards did, didn't perform as well as they needed to be uh, performing in the playoffs? Uh, the Islanders are a talented team. They're, they're a tough team to play on against. They're a heavy team. And if you remember Trotz with Washington, Washington was very much the same way. And the Islanders are built in that same mode. They just don't have uh, the Ovechkin uh, that Trotz had in uh, Washington for the Islanders. Your closest one, I mean, not the as far as the type of player is, is Barzell. That's the dynamic player that uh, Ovechkin is. But the Islanders, I think it's going to be interesting offseason because their fourth line, which is usually their go-to line, because they add a little bit of offense as well as grit and sandpaper, they, they weren't the same against Tampa. I didn't really notice that they were really wearing guys down and wearing the, uh, the lightning down. Uh, but there, I think Martin's an un- unrestricted. I think Sezikis is an unrestricted. Uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see. I know at least Sezikis is. I don't know about Martin, but I know that there's going to be some changes uh, on that fourth line and with the Islanders with free agency. Okay, let's do this, Rob. Let's take a quick break. Let's hear from some of our partners, and let's come back, and uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are preparing us for uh, what will be a July draft this year, not June as typical. But the expansion draft on the 21st of July, and then, of course, the 23rd and 24th will be the NHL draft July, not June. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk a little bit about that and some of the new coaching hires and things going on around the NHL in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. 
Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino. Beautiful downtown Las Vegas, just off of Fremont Street, and uh, everything that happens in downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy back with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, Rob Rothfarb, from beautiful Southern California. Rob, how's the weather out there? Uh, it's it's a balmy 70 degrees right now. Oh, please stop it. Which it's is like a lot a, nicer than 106 <laughs> in Palm Springs right now. And 106 <laughs> in Phoenix as well. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so this is cold weather stuff we're talking about. This is professional hockey. Um, you alluded to it, Rob, before the break, that there's going to be a lot of changes. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Um, but but before we get to it, let's talk a little bit about some of the changes uh, that have already taken place. It wasn't long ago that the New York Rangers, your team, um, named a head coach. So take it away and tell us uh, the new head coach and, and what we expect from the Rangers next year. Uh, well, you're very familiar with the Ranger hire and Gerard Gallant. Uh, I was happy with the hire. I think that uh, the type of team the Rangers need to be is more like the type of team the Islanders are right now and uh, will be moving forward. Uh, they need a little bit more grit and sandpaper. They need a little bit – they need to be tougher to play against uh, night in and night out on a consistent basis, and I think that Gallant's going to bring that style. Uh, had great success in the two stops before that, both with the Florida Panthers and with the Golden Knights. Uh, so I expect that uh, the, the Stars will uh, play like Stars, and uh, they'll be a defined third and fourth line. Well, one thing I can tell you about Gerard Gallant in the couple of years that he was in Vegas is he is definitely a player's coach. Uh, the players all loved him uh, in Vegas. He's also very good with the media. Uh, he, uh, he, he will tell you pretty much shooting from the hip um, what's going on. Doesn't like to hold a lot of things back. And um, one thing with Gerard, though, is that he, he kind of, I think, expects his players to come in and he doesn't do a lot of X's and O's, Rob. Um, one of the things that was talked about when Peter DeBoer took over um, midway through or partway through the season a couple of years ago at the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, everybody noted and they said, hey, what is that thing hanging on the glass during practice? A whiteboard. Because Gerard did not use the whiteboard very much. Yet he got a lot out of his teams. But he usually has a, uh, a lieutenant that, that is the whiteboard guru, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I'm the name. It's is it Mike Kelly, Jim Kelly. Uh, Kelly is the last name of Mike Kelly. Coach. Yep. Mike, Mike Kelly. Kelly. That that is stopped. Has been with him in Florida and Vegas. Am I right? Yes, he has. Very and he, very good. And he's, very astute. And he's the whiteboard guru, is he not? He is. But the, even <laughs> towards the end, even towards the end, I think Mike Kelly uh, put the whiteboard away because one of the things that happened in um, in Vegas. And this is what they were saying was that uh, uh, things got a little loosey-goosey, if you will. The players uh, had some success that first year. Um, they all started doing endorsement deals. And I think the concern was that maybe uh, the Vegas Golden Knights weren't as tight. The ship wasn't quite as tight. Uh, and they feared uh, a coming apart down the road. And, and that might have been what made the change. But um, Gerard Gallant, certainly a good hire, certainly a good hockey guy, and he's coming off a gold medal from Canada. Yes, he is, and uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that when you're going into New York showing you already can win somewhere, and especially on a stage like – it doesn't matter what Canada uh, trophy it is, whether it's the Olympics or the U18s or the World Champion, it doesn't matter. If Canada is winning and you're the coach, that that is a good feather in your cap. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so then we go across the country, and a new hire uh, kind of just came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I mean, I had some sources that told me Rick Tockett was the guy that was going to be in, in Seattle. All of a sudden, it's Dave Haxtall, my old friend from uh, the University of North Dakota when I used to cover hockey up there. And and, and I think that uh, I was reading some stuff on it, and it's just like the, uh, the Seattle Kraken itself. It's like, you know, there's excitement, but everybody's like, who? They, they, who? <laughs> you know, there, there may be some people that know him from from his days at North Dakota. There may be a couple that know him from his uh, couple, three years with the Flyers. But he's out to prove that the dismissal of the Flyers was more on the Flyers than on him. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, he, he spent some time in Toronto uh, as an assistant coach lately. Um, and in Toronto, uh, they, they always fell short. I mean, Toronto's still falling short, correct? <laughs> well, the last time I checked, Montreal was in the finals where Toronto thought they would be. So, uh, no, there's, there's something about Toronto. I, I don't know what it is, and, and our colleague Paul loves the fact that Toronto doesn't win. But I'm just I'm, I don't know what it is. I, all these years, you, there's always something that happens that it, it reminds me of the, the Rangers until the Rangers won in '94. But then again, the Rangers sold their soul to the devil to win in '94, <laughs> and that's why they haven't won since. But Toronto just—they can't even sell their soul to the devil to win a cup. They can't do anything. They, they tried it this cup. year. They tried <laughs> they it this did. year, Rob. <laughs> well, you know what? They've really tried it the last few years because if you look at the trade deadline deals that they've made the last few years, they, they always have gone for it, but they just don't mesh. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Does um, it boil it down to goaltending, though, for them? I, I think that's where it starts. I mean, uh, when you got the talent up front like you have, uh, if you had some solid goaltending, then uh, I'm shocked that they're never able to find a goaltender. Uh, they, they think they have one and then they don't, they think of another one and then they don't. So, um, yeah, but anyway, getting back on Seattle, um, I asked Paul that the other night we were talking college hockey. And I said, uh, just your thoughts. How, how is Dave Haxtell going to handle this? Is it going to be a good deal for him or a bad deal for him? And the one thing we know, Rob, it's going to be, he will always be the first coach of the Seattle Kraken. Yes, he will, but for how long? <laughs> it's the question. <laughs> uh, it will be interesting to see because you know, with that with that type of personality, he he was from the college ranks originally. Had a had a stop in Philly for three years. You said he was with Toronto the last couple of years. This is not going to be a young team. This is going to be more of a veteran team, just like Gallant got in, in Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles a veteran team. Yeah, that's that's exactly the case. How how does he handle a veteran team, and how long is the leash in Seattle? We we talked about this the other night too, Paul and I did, and I want to ask you that same question: Is um, Seattle and Vegas will always be compared as the new the newest uh, franchises in the NBA or in the NBA in the NHL? <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it, if they were in the well, NBA? And how do you mention NBA on an NHL show? <laughs> okay, all, all things done. I live in Arizona, and I happen to have the Suns and the uh, Clippers on right now. Uh, and and I, uh, that's that's all behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> but anyway. The Suns so, fans on, on Twitter are going nuts right now, just so you know. <laughs> so we have uh, we have Vegas and Seattle, which will always be compared as those two newest NHL franchises. Um, so how long a leash does, does uh, Dave Haxtell get to try to uh, bring a winner to the Pacific Northwest? Uh, what did he sign for? What's the deal? Is it a three-year? Is it five-year? Uh, uh, no, I, I think it's four. I think it's it four, four, what I heard. I, I say two. I say at least two, and, and then you reevaluate after two years. Are they making progress? Because there's, there's, you said it earlier. There's going to be so much pressure on Seattle when they come into this league to have the similar type of success as Vegas because they're very similar rules to the expansion draft is when Vegas came in, so it, which everything favored them. So it'll be interesting to see the the uh, the expansion draft trades that happen and the behind the scene deals that happen, uh, so certain guys don't get taken from certain teams. Uh, but it, a lot of pressure on them to to not just equal not equal to go into the Stanley Cup finals and whatnot, but just to put out a competitive, hard nosed hockey team and a uh, team that is tough to play against night after night. If, if you don't, in two years, I, I don't know. I, I don't see him lasting much longer than two years if they're not making any progress. Okay, so a lot of teams uh, learned a lot from the expansion draft with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and a lot of people said, well, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. Um, one of the things Vegas did was uh, they also negotiated the fact that they're not going to lose a player in this draft. Uh, which was a pretty good deal. That's what you call Bill Foley spending money the right way because he basically paid his way off of that. Uh, so they will not lose a player to uh, the Seattle Kraken. But um, your estimation, what do you think of the other teams, the other owners, the other general managers? Are they uh, are they looking at trying to not get swindled, if you will, like the Vegas Golden Knights did to a lot of organizations? Well, some of them are the same GMs. Some of them aren't. So it'll be it will be very interesting to see how much leverage the Kraken actually have 
going into this expansion draft. Going into the last one, you heard about all these deals behind the scenes. You're not hearing about them. Yeah, like you, yeah like, we did. Yeah, didn't you? I mean, all, everybody knew who was going to the Knights. Nobody knows who's going to the Knights. You have general ideas based on your knowledge of individual teams and stuff, but you don't have those side deals that you already have been consummated that you know it's like, okay, this team's not losing this one. They're going to give up this guy and, and a third-round pick or whatever it is. But you, you don't hear it this time. So maybe they're learning. Maybe they're just being very much stealth on this a lot better than the Knights did. Yeah, and, and I think back then uh, the expansion draft was new to a lot of those. There hadn't been an expansion team in years. So I think a lot of the general managers thought, you know what, uh, we can do this, we can do that. The players that they're getting, they're as, as they were known in Vegas as the golden misfits. Um, they didn't fit anywhere, so they came to Vegas and all of a sudden, they became a fit. So when we talk about what Dave Hackstall's role is going to be, how is he going to take all these players that are coming from different organizations and mold them into a, a team similar to what Vegas did? How, how do you do that? Or Because to me, when I look at it, Rob, I think Vegas hit, hit uh, you know, uh, lightning in a bottle. Uh, then, of course, he had the tragic day, uh, day in uh, – one October, and uh, that kind of galvanized the whole community. But Seattle and Vegas, two different communities, two different cities, because Seattle already has some professional sports, and and hockey and the Kraken are going to have to come in and go up against uh, the Mariners and go up against the Seahawks. Um, your thoughts on how that's going to work out? Well, the newness of it will, will definitely help. Uh, so there will be a honeymoon period. There will be a grace period. Uh the Mariners, I, I don't really think that's much of a competition. Uh, so, you know, the Seahawks, yeah. But the Seahawks play once a week, you know. So there's plenty of time for the Kraken to really establish themselves as possibly the number two sport in Seattle uh, if they if they put out a good product. But the, the one thing that will make Haskell's job easier is, yeah, they'll, they're considered the misfits and stuff, but they're all hardworking third and fourth line guys for the most part. So just like the Knights did, they're going to get a team that's hardworking right off the bat because they're not getting unprotected because they don't work hard. They're just not in plans. They're not offensive, gifted enough, whatever it is. But but they're still third and fourth line players that have been in the NHL for a few years now, and they know what to do. Like the guy for the Rangers that I've heard lately is Rooney. And when the Rangers signed him, I was like, this is a great penalty kill guy. This is a great, you know, sandpaper type of guy that the Rangers hadn't had. And he's a good center. And that's the perfect type of guy for an expansion team to pick up because you know he's going to come to work every day uh, with the lunch pail and just willing to do whatever it takes to get a win. Okay, we knew what Vegas did in the goaltender end of things. They they secured Marc-Andre Fleury, and uh, he's been the mainstay. You You brought it up to me every show, I think. Goaltending <laughs> wins championships, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I don't know who's out there. I don't know who the goalies <laughs> are, but I guarantee you that they will take a goalie uh, that will be able to backstop them. There will yeah, be goalies out there. Yeah, there will be. And uh, right here in Arizona, uh, could be one of three uh, that would be available. And I'm talking about Darcy Kemper. I'm talking about uh, Auntie Ranta. And I'm also talking about um, Aiden Hill, uh, they're going to, the Coyotes are going to have to protect somebody. And, uh, when we're talking NHL hockey, obviously we're talking about the Stanley cup final, but boy, things have been really, really quiet down here in, uh, the state of Arizona, as far as what's going on with the Coyotes, they've had player or, uh, coaches come in for interviews. Uh, the last that I heard the guy that everybody told me was going to be the front runner, Mike Van Ryan, uh, declined to take the job. Um, so that says a lot. That says a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're the front runner and you say no, um, yeah, it, it, it does say a lot. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the coyotes are in a terrible predicament. Uh, I still don't think they're out of the financial woods yet. Um, bringing on a new coach and they're, they've already said publicly, they're not bringing in any big name coach. They're going to go get uh, an up and comer, if you will. And who's in charge of Tucson these days? 
<laughs> yeah, that's my good friend that might be on the show with us here in a week or two. <laughs> Great. Yeah, uh, but we'll anyway. information if he's a candidate for the coaching job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's so many things going wrong, uh, going on around uh, the NHL right now. We still have the Stanley Cup final to get through, and it's odd. I think we're all just going like, what's going on? Because we should be having a draft here in a week or in a couple exactly. of days. Um, how, how are we all going to tie this together, Rob? I mean, we, we got to figure this all out in July. Well, it just gives us a little bit more time to do some research. We can it gives teams a little bit more chance to protect their seven, two, and one, or was it seven, two, and one, or seven, three, and one? Uh, their uh, protected list and see who's out there. If if I'm the Kraken, one of the goalies, honestly, if if he's out there is Antaranta. I'm a huge fan of Antaranta. When he was a backup of the Rangers, when he was with the Blackhawks. I, I love Antiranta. Honestly, I think that would be a, ideal if you pair him with someone and you don't and he doesn't have to play, you know, uh, sixty games. If you could split it at your first season and you get two goalies like an Antiranta, I think you're really in a good uh, situation on goaltending. Yeah, I think you're right there. And and Auntie's been really good here. The problem with him is he's just not been healthy. I mean, every year it's one or two or three injuries that keep him out substantially, and every time it seems like he gets on a roll and they increase his workload a little bit, uh, it's an injury. And it's been a knee, it's been a groin, it's been a little bit of everything. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I would be surprised if the Coyotes protected him, but, hey, it's the Coyotes. Anything can happen. <laughs> well, that's – but but that's exactly why you need another one like him because he, he, he's always – he did it with the Rangers too. I mean, I think with the Blackhawks, that's what's really – hindered his career from being one of the upper echelon goaltending goaltenders is he's never been able to stay healthy for a full season. Yeah, totally agree with you. Okay. So that takes care of that. Um, also, uh, the big news came out today, Vegas going to host the 2022 NHL all-star weekend and the 2021 dash 22 outdoor games have been announced, including one in Minnesota. Your thoughts on that? Uh, that is actually, all-star game first, all-star game first. <laughs> uh, well, well, the all-star game, you know, it's, it's always a great spectacular and, and to have it in Vegas. I mean, you know, Vegas does everything, uh, high end. I mean, you just go to the fortress and you see what they did during the playoffs. It's just, it's just, uh, I can't wait for that. Hopefully we can get credential. Then we can be there and experience it in person because it just be one giant spectacle. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Winter Classic at Target Field in Minneapolis on January 1, 2022. Um, absolutely going to be fantastic. Uh, St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild, two really good teams that are hard-nosed teams that are built to play outside. Uh, that that will be a very fun game to be at also. I've never been to an outdoor game yet. I think they would, just the experience of being in an outdoor game would be fun. Uh, being that I used to skate on ponds and stuff like that. Uh, St. Louis, Minnesota, you, you know, that might be one of the harder-hitting games of, of the outdoor with the classics. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I'll tell you, if uh, if I go to an outdoor game, Rob, it's going to be the one like they had up in Lake Tahoe. Um, I don't want to be in Minneapolis or St. Paul on January 1st. I would just as soon avoid that. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I, I agree with you. You know, I know we got some big winter jackets, uh, but but even the big winter jackets aren't going to help you in that outdoor game. I don't want to even test it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you a bit. And then, of course, we've got the uh, February 26th, 2022 at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, the home of the Titans, going to give a uh, NHL Stadium Series game. Um, that will be a lot of fun as well. And that, Nashville's getting two big games. Uh, in my estimation, Rob, they're going to get the uh, the uh, uh, Hall of Fame game in college hockey where North Dakota is going to go down and play, um, uh, excuse me, who they're playing in Nashville. Anyway, that's an indoor game, obviously, in uh, late late October, I believe. Okay. So um, that'll be happening. And then they're going to get uh, a stadium series game. So look out Sunbelt. Well, you know, with, uh, with the uh... – Panthers doing well, and Tampa Bay, obviously, you know, in the finals, the uh, the Sun Belt is really, really hot. Another hot spot for hockey, no pun intended. Uh, and if Nashville could rebound from a little bit of a disappointing season for them, uh, and you know, step up a little bit, I think that uh, stadium series could really generate a lot of interest back uh, in Nashville. 
and continue it in the South in the Sun Belt. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, if I am not mistaken, tomorrow night the uh, the NHL awards will uh, announce in a thirty minute show the uh, last five uh, major award winners. So that'll be going on on the off day between games one and two of the. Uh, the uh, NHL Stanley Cup final. So all kinds of good stuff going on that way. Um, let's, let's dig in a little bit more to uh, to the draft itself. I know we, we haven't done a whole lot of work on that yet because that's stuff coming up in July, but the expansion draft happens first, then there's a day off, and then it's the NHL draft. Um, any ideas on, on what's going to happen in the NHL draft? I think uh, Owen... Uh, Power is the guy that everybody's talking about being the number one overall pick, but you got any thoughts on that? I think this might be one of those drafts where you see a lot more movement of teams moving into the top five, top ten than normal because there is no uh, one guy. So I think that you're going to see teams that are up at the top of the draft more willing to move down than in in past years to collect some assets and and get maybe a decent player or two. But I, I don't see them, you know, people crashing like they like uh, when Lafreniere was there, you know, and you had Jack Hughes and everybody wants, you know, uh, that player, you know, Sidney Crosby, the McDavid's, those uh, once in a while lifetime type of players. There aren't those in this draft. We still have a couple of years before Connor Bedard's drafted. So I'm curious to see who gets the number one for that year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, can I throw out a couple of names for you? Buffalo, Toronto. Edmonton. <laughs> well, aren't, aren't those the the usual suspects that get the overall pick when it's a great player like that? Uh, well, Pittsburgh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah that's what, yeah, that's, what, that's what nobody nobody says anything about the draft being rigged for the Penguins when they get Crosby and um, Malkin and uh, Lemieux. Nobody says anything about that, but the Rangers get. The number two pick one year and the number one the other year, and all of a sudden it's all it's all uh, hey, ping pong balls are slated to the Rangers. <laughs> I, I didn't even say one thing about the Rangers. I just let that completely go. <laughs> well, that was you this time, but you know, you know, if he's not listening now, you know when he does listen to this podcast, he will be thinking the same thing. And you'll get a text message shortly after he listens to it. <laughs> I, I am, I am sure I will. <laughs> uh, so, so that's what's going on there. I got to ask you this too. Before the draft, you said there might be a lot of movement. Uh, are there any guys that you see in the NHL right now? Because I know there's one in my backyard uh, that a lot of teams are talking about being moved—a veteran player being moved, a captain being moved. Um, any anybody that you're seeing out there, you think? Uh, maybe moves or that big deal that happens or some team that has to make a big deal? Well, the biggest name right now is Eichel. Where's Jack Eichel going to end up? The, my my thing is, can, will Edmonton keep Dreisaitl and McDavid? They're going to obviously keep McDavid. But can they keep two $10 million guys? So I'm really wa- watching Edmonton this offseason to see if they keep Dreisaitl for another year. I mean, they got to re-sign Nugent Hopkins. He's an unrestricted this year. So it'll be interesting. Lar- uh, Larson, the defenseman, is an, is an unrestricted, I believe, also. So they've got some people that they need to re-sign. And Dreisaitl could be the piece that could allow them to re-sign multiple guys for the amount that they're paying him. Yeah, that's a good point. And the one I'm talking about is the captain here at the Arizona Coyotes, Oliver Eckman Larson. Um, ownership <laughs> has pretty much made it, made it clear that they don't think uh, they want him back next year. And when ownership says that, um, it does two things, Rob. It says, wow, what's going on with our organization? That's how I see it. And secondly is, uh, how much harder does that make uh, a deal, a good deal to happen for you if uh, it's already been made public that you're trying to move a guy? Well, it, it sends a bad message to the fans. It says that this team has given up and that they have no – uh, positive um, moving forward direction that they're looking at doing right now. It looks like they're going to tear everything down, rebuild, and almost be like an, an old type of expansion team where you're expected to lose. And it, that for, for hockey in the Southwest, it doesn't do any justice for it. Uh, there's a lot of good hockey in, in Arizona right now, and the Coyotes is not one of them, and they could easily be one of them. And it's sad that they're not because there was a few years where they really looked like they were going to be competitors and uh, really do some damage in the Western Conference. Uh, but as far as 
I mean, Oliver Ekman Larson getting traded, it's like Eichel. You know it's damaged goods. So you're not going to be able to get everything that you thought you would. You're going to have to get, instead of getting, you know, $5 on the dollar type of thing, you're going to have to maybe get 75 cents on the dollar or eat some of the contracts, something that's going to have to go against you in order to move him the way you want to. Okay, so so while we're on that topic, um, and you said tear it down for the Coyotes, how much more can be tore down? I mean, the the draft the draft picks are gone uh, due to a number of different things. Um, they lost draft picks uh, in trades. They lost them for um, violations in in pre draft workouts. Um, so they lost that. They're already down to a pretty young team. They they don't have they parted ways with their veteran coach. Now they're talking about moving their captain. I mean, is, is there a point where you can't go much lower? Uh, is there is there a uh, floor on the cap? <laughs> 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 because you get rid of uh, once you get rid of Larson, Edwin Larson, that's a big salary. So what I'm talking about breaking. The, breaking it down it's just all these low-cost guys you're gonna have league minimum guys it's it's gonna be ridiculous that all it's gonna be third and fourth line wingers uh, uh third and fourth line guys because that's all you could afford if you the way they're doing it. if they're trading ekman larson because they don't want to pay him you know it's also going to send the message who's going to want to go there how are you going to attract anybody to go there yeah i mean and that's the thing and you, you talk about it and you go um there's got to be a way, right? I mean, uh, I know the arena location has always been a problem, and I know getting another one is going to be really tough, especially if you're not winning, and especially if you uh, tore it down uh, like you're mentioning and uh, you're trying to restart things. It's really hard to get people behind you to build you a new arena or to help you build a new arena uh, where it should have been built in the first place, in my estimation. Um so it's going to be a struggle, I think, from there. Are there are, besides Eichel and uh, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, are there any other teams that you would go, hey, maybe, because I've heard some things about uh, Calgary maybe, maybe moving some players that are not happy there. Uh, Goudreau, Kachuk, uh, Monaghan. Bingo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, the, to, the last week I've heard Kachuk's name tied to the Rangers as someone that the Rangers should look at uh, as that type of player that they need to have uh, going forward to be tougher to play against. Uh, honestly, Jack Eichel is not the answer for the Rangers. Uh, but there's, there's quite a few names. Uh, you know, going into the expansion draft, I was going to make a list of guys that, that you might see moved ahead of the draft, whether it's the expansion draft or the regular draft. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I have it's been the focus on the Stanley Cup Finals and not really – thinking about individual players, but I mean, look, any, any trade the Rangers make for a center would have to include either Zabinajad or Ryan Strom. So, I mean, those are pretty big names that, that would be moved. If, uh, if anything, uh, what are the Islanders going to do? You know, are the Islanders going to be able to resign their guys? You know, I'm looking at, uh, East coast teams. Let's look at the Kings. You know, the Kings going to uh, make a big trade for for an Eichel. You know, maybe try to pry Drysidle because they have the assets to do it. And you know, who's going to be involved in those trades for the Kings uh, if they do start to move players? Okay, so as long as you're in the West, what about the Vegas Golden Knights? What are they going to do? Uh, they they were up against the cap all year long. Uh, to some points, they only dressed 17 players a couple of games to uh, to fit under the cap. Um, and they, while they, you know, were tied for the best record, uh, regular season record uh, in the league, they didn't achieve where they wanted to go. They didn't get the Stanley Cup final. They didn't win a Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams go like, gosh, you made it to the semifinals uh, three times in four years or whatever it is since you came into the league. But uh, that's not what Bill Foley wants. No. And uh, there's been talk right now about they're looking top to bottom on that roster, but um, what are they going to do? Any thoughts on that? Well, let's start in my favorite area. Let's start with the net. Are both Leonard and Flurry going to be back? I've read today that Flurry would love to be back with Leonard, Leonard and the split in time again. You know, if, if you could solidify your goaltending like that early on, it, it really frees up a lot of uh, flexibility for you for the rest of the roster. 
Alex Martinez, is he going to be resigned? I've heard his name tied to that type of uh, veteran presence on the Ranger blue line. You know, it, will he go to a team that might be up and coming that could use a veteran, or will he be back? He played uh, with a broken foot. I mean, you yeah. know, the, the, the Golden Knights, I'm sure, yeah, would love to have him back. Could they afford him? So, uh, you know, will the defense look the same? You know, what, what's up with Mark Stone? I mean, you want to talk about captains, right? You know, he said it himself. He let everybody down, you know, during that series. You know, you know, and, and in all fairness to that, I, I just don't think um, Mark Stone adjusted very well. I think he got um, – both him and Pacioretty got tied up, uh, if you will, with Montreal forwards that were speedy. Uh, they were pests. They they wouldn't let you go anywhere, and they couldn't find a way out of it. Uh, so that the makes biggest, it a, a problem. Uh, the biggest thing that I noticed between Pacioretty and uh, Stone, they were not as physical in the Montreal series. I mean, did, which, I, which I, makes I, you wonder were they tired? Because they said I, they were both healthy. You have to question why. I mean, there was not one big hit that, that I said to you. Well, this. this uh, you know, this should need to be looked at. I think maybe in game one there might have been by Patrick Reddy, but after that, he he, you didn't see him. You didn't you didn't see, feel him. You didn't see him. You didn't hear him. I don't know. I just you got to look at you got to look at the the age of the of some of these guys on the nights, uh, the veteran guys. They got to maybe get a little bit younger. You know, they're they're a big fast team, but they're also a little veteran team. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, what the Golden Knights do in the offseason. Okay, knock on wood and everything else that we can do for superstitions, but uh, we're hoping that we're going to have a close to regular slash normal hockey season coming up. Um, we hear all these crazy things, new variants coming out uh, with the virus, people still testing positive, um, but but fans are back. So if you have a crystal ball and you look into it right now, uh, do things start on time? Are there fans uh, in the seats? And uh, do we get a regular full season in and get as close to normal as possible? I think that it does. I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, close attention paid uh, over the course of the summer uh, with it and, and how teams are, uh, you know, vaccinated and, and how they're testing, because I'm sure they're going to be testing quite often over the summer. I do think it will be a full season. I do think it will start on time. And I do think that the fans will be back in the seats. I mean, I've already seen – uh, I could go by my teams. I know that at the uh, at the Garden and at the uh, Meadowlands or MetLife that it's full full go full, for full capacity. So uh, I think that these these fans all over the country, all these hockey fans, all these football fans, all these baseball fans are just jonesing to get back to the stadium and, and experience the stadium full. And I think it's just going to be one hell of a season next season, honestly, because it's going to be so different than the last few seasons that we had. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you on all of that. I think uh, they're, they're looking to make up for lost time. And uh, while you can't get that time back, you can uh, make what you have going forward as good as possible. I expect to see that. Two other topics I want to hit in the last seven minutes for you, Rob. Um, number one is the, uh, the um, Seattle Kraken announced today that they're going to be doing what with their AHL team for a year or two. <laughs> That's uh, it's right now. It's for the for, it's only for a year because there were delays in the building being built in the Coachella Valley and out in Palm Springs that they're going to have a joint agreement with the Charlotte Checkers, the Florida Panthers uh, minor league team. So this way they're going to supply eight to 12 players. This way they don't have to supply a whole roster. Number one. And number two, they don't have to split their players up. They were able to get an agreement with one team that uh, one all their players will be one team. And I think that's huge trying to get some synergy with your team, especially as an expansion team. Yeah, I think that's totally totally uh, a great thing to do. Um, you know, Vegas did that with Chicago, but goodness gracious, um, Charlotte to Seattle, that's a haul. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not ideal. It's not ideal. But here, you were talking earlier about uh, when the expansion team has mismatched the players. This minor league team, is going to be even more so because it's going to be you're going to have guys on two-way contracts on on AHL only contracts. They're going to be rookie free agents. You know, they're going to be veteran free agents. It's going to be a, a hodgepodge on this team. I, I, it's going to be curious to see what Florida uh, adds to this team. 
Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. But that's what we know for now. We know that the uh, the arena uh, is a little bit behind uh, schedule in Palm Springs. You were there again. It uh, it looked kind of like when you and I were there, didn't it? The, the only difference, truly, the only difference between when you were there with me and then I was there was they had barriers, arrows pointing you away so people don't drive <laughs> onto that area. And the only reason they had didn't have it that day was because they were doing a, a ceremony. But it looks no different. I, I wish it did. I'm going to be out there maybe for 4th of July. Uh, so I'll drive by it again and see. Uh, they, I drove by uh, this past Friday. I was out there when I was out there. And still, it doesn't look any different. Yeah, and it, it takes uh, it takes some time. I mean, uh, I've been telling people I've been keeping track of what's going on at the Arizona State uh, facility. And I go out there the first week of every month. So I'll be out there next week to uh, take a look at it. And I can already tell you when I drove by there the other day, there is a lot of steel up in that building already. So it, it's coming along quickly. So I don't want to say that it won't happen that way for Coach- uh, Coachella Valley as well. But, um, you know, you got to look at 18 months uh, start to finish. And I think right now Arizona State might be slightly ahead of schedule. They might be, you know, 13, 14 months away right now from completion. So that would be good news. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to have to get started on it, or they're going to be looking at playing somewhere else for a second year, which uh, not going to be a lot of fun for us, but um, for the organization either. I think they want to get their guys as close as they can as soon as they can. Oh, I totally agree with that, and and hopefully that the being that it's a little warmer, longer that they and they don't have to worry as much about rain that they could that they could hopefully catch up and get back on track uh, because. I know that there's there's an excitement for that stadium, to, that arena to be built, and for the hockey to be in the Coachella Valley. Okay, and then the the sad news that we found out today from Boston. I'll let you go ahead with that one because I know you saw uh, saw the story on uh, Pasternak. Yeah, and, and being a parent, you can't help but uh, feel for the guy. And a one uh, one week old, and they didn't list what happened, so I didn't know over the last week that there were things wrong. But anytime a parent loses a child, especially, you know, you spend nine months uh, catering to this and nurturing, and then you have a week to spend. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's just a tragedy. And, you know, I mean, uh, you just gotta, you gotta look for your, uh, your faith and your soul and your family to, uh, to kind of get you through these times, but it's never easy. And, uh, of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Pasternak family. Um, hockey is a big family. We all know that. It comes around, and, and everybody's tied together one way or another. So, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers. I'm, that's all we can say at this point. There's not much else you can do. No, but, but the, no, no, there isn't. Thoughts, prayers, uh, heartfelt condolences. Uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's not much to say. And, in fact, to segue to something that, that I'm even going to surprise you on uh, that we didn't have a chance to talk about is the Chicago Blackhawks situation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I know we only have a couple minutes, but you know, since we're on sad events going through the NHL, this is, this is one sad event. And I'm just really curious. We'll, we'll have to have a future talk show on this, on, you know, when more, more comes out and we have more information on it. But right now, it, it doesn't look good. Boy, it sure doesn't. And, uh, you know, one of the best uh, reporters in the business is Katie Strang from The uh, Athletic. And when she's on it, uh, you can count on a couple things. Facts and uh, due diligence. She will dig as deep as she has to dig for a story. She did one on the Coyotes, which was um, really numbing. But uh, it, it's, it stalled the Coyotes, I think, right now uh, all the way along because it, it was uh, I believe it was a hundred percent truthful, but, but it was really tough to hear. And same thing in Chicago. Now when, when this stuff all comes to a head and you want to wait and let everything play out and hear both sides and all that, but boy, everything that's coming out so far has not looked good. No. And uh, Bowman, you know, such, such a staunch name in, in the NHL uh, to be tied to it, you know, makes everybody take notice because you know the name. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing we didn't get to, which we will get to, is uh, uh, NHL participation in the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Um, Gary Bettman calls it a work in progress. 
so they're still working at it. But boy, I, I'm I have so many mixed feelings about this, Rob, as far as that goes. And I know we don't have time to get into it now, but um, the NHL players taking time off to go play in the Olympics. Part of me says yes, go do it. Part of me says no, don't do it. I mean, we've got so many talented, um, you know, younger players that aren't making a living in the NHL. Um, I don't know. I, you got thoughts on that, real quick? You know, I've always thought when when I was growing up and I watched the college kids play against all these professional athletes in the Olympics, I always thought it was a disadvantage. I don't like them stopping the game of hockey in the in February, so these guys could go over to wherever the Olympics are and then take a chance of getting hurt, which would ruin the rest of their season, ruin, could ruin the rest of the team season. If you want NHL players, this is my opinion, if you want NHL players in the Olympics, make it a summer sport. Don't make it a winter sport anymore. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good point. I, I just hope no. we get back on schedule so we have a summer. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I, and, you know, it's just – but it's just – what other sport stops their competition – to go play in the Olympics and risk injury in the middle of their season. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody uh, does. Nobody does. Why would, and, and look, I'm not a huge fan of Batman. I think he ruins the game more than he's helped the game. Yes. We've expanded and whatnot, but you know what? A blind, a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. And I don't think he's good for the game at this point. I think the game has passed him by. And I think that we need someone, you know, just look at, look at who he has at player safety and, and, you know that that type of stuff. I could go on for days on on that, but I'm not I'm not a huge Batman fan. I wish that the, there was a new commissioner because I think the game could be elevated that much more. And it, it, there's no reason it should be always the fourth of four sports. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, well maybe that'll help with the new TV contracts that'll happen this season. A uh, whole bunch of things for us to talk about before the season gets started. Uh, I will bring up a couple of things though. Uh, the next time you and I talk, it will be July, which means we will have started our uh, fiscal year. So uh, anybody that's interested in getting on um, along with us as a marketing partner, as a corporate partner, uh, by all means, get your information out there, Rob, so people can uh, can reach out to you. And uh, we got a lot of great spots, a lot of great opportunities, a lot of great deals going right now. So that's number one. Number two is the uh, the store is up partially. We still have a few things left to do on it, but our team store is up. So if you want to get some of our logoed stuff, it's a great opportunity. Just go to uh, icetimehockeysw.com right on the home page on the upper right-hand corner. You will see the squad locker page. You can uh, click on it and select any of our logos, put them on your favorite t-shirt, jacket, hat, whatever it may be. I love the new uh, gray logo. I absolutely love it. I have heard a lot of comments on it. It's so sharp. I can't. I can't wait to see it on the shirts. I wear. I anytime I have to wear a polo shirt, that's the shirt I pick these days. And <laughs> and it's going to be expanding to the Tampa area when I when I see my brother in Colorado. Uh, I'm going to give him one or two of the uh, shirts, you know, because we're going to get the new ones coming in in July. So I need our show on on the shirts. So. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's in the works. That's in the works. <laughs> I'm, look, no, I'm looking forward to it. every everything that we have. All the designs and stuff, they're so sharp that when you put it on a, a shirt, like I'm wearing it right now, I'm wearing the uh, the T-shirt, the dry fit one right now. Okay. And, All right. you know, I, I love it. I just, you know, it's a simple and, – and, and soon enough, just seeing that logo, people are going to know exactly what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll tell you a quick story. I was out uh, for a, uh, a feature I did uh, yesterday – yeah, yesterday um, with the jersey retirement at uh, – we shouldn't say this. The, uh, the name of the university. Okay. School down <laughs> south for you and Paul. Um, but anyway, they, they had it and uh, I'm walking through the arena and somebody comes up to me and, and says my name and I have no idea who this person is. And he said, you know what? I, I really miss seeing you at Oceanside. I still, to this moment, Rob, do not know who it was. So, and that's where I go all the time now where people start talking to me about stuff and I feel bad because I don't know who they are, but how can I keep track of everybody, right? So I think well, we're making progress. Paul, now you know how Paul and I felt in college. There's so many people that would come up to us and say, hey, great time last night. We're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to end the show. What a way to end the show. All right, take it away, my friend. All right. 
The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancio and Tequila. Our new extra Anejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight now at CancioandTequila.com. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From the Fremont Street Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon Wireless, the 5G and the 5G Ultra Band for Business America's been waiting for. By Summer Skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to take you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casino, is part of IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Oh, well done, my friend. Before we go, let everybody know how they can reach you if they want to get into some uh, good marketing deals with us. You can reach me at my, on my cell, 213-944-1940. And you know why it's 1940? Because I couldn't get 1994 when the Rangers won the Cup, so I got 1940. <laughs> and the 944, is the nine, it was 94 when they won the Cup. That's the only way I could tie the two together. So that's that's it. <laughs> That's a, that, that's a true story. Uh, I, did, I did not know hockey. that, but that, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and you can also reach me at ithswrob at gmail.com. I have to think because my Twitter is R, not Rob. So I have to differentiate <laughs> between my Twitter and my uh, email. But yes, uh, anybody guess- reach, out, reach out to me. I'd love to help you get involved with our sponsorships. And I guess you'd uh, also take somebody on a DM from any one of your social media sources as well. I will definitely take DMs because if I could help, if we could help promote your business on our show, we would love it. You got it. Well done, my friend. Uh, have a, a great Fourth of July, and we will talk uh, on the fifth of July. So uh, we'll be starting our new year, as I said, and uh, lots of big things coming up. Looking forward to it. Me too. I look forward to it. All right, have a good night. Have a good night, everybody.